Hey girl, I'm your host Diana, and this is Our Space, the podcast where we talk about the health and well-being of Black women with Black women. For today's episode, we have not one, but two guests. I'm joined by Brittany Jackson and Dia McAlpine, the two women behind the Melanin Mom Collective. The Melanin Mom Collective is a virtual village. This four-week cohort-style support group is curated specifically to support first-time moms or those with kids under five. Me and these two lovely ladies had an amazing conversation about the realities of motherhood in 2023 and what having a village truly means and what it looks like. I think this conversation will really hit home for anyone with a child. When you're done listening, head over to Facebook or IG and let's talk about it. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Our Space. I'm your host, Diana. And today I'm joined by two special guests. Brittany Jackson and Althea McAlpine, the women behind the Melanin Mom Collective. Brittany Jackson is a licensed therapist that serves the states of Illinois, Indiana, and Georgia. Brittany is the owner of Be Intentional Wellness, a holistic mental health and wellness practice that offers virtual support in any of the listed states. Brittany's primary focus is maternal health and mental health, supporting mothers Ditch, supporting mothers ditch fear of doing things right while cultivating joy and honoring their values during early motherhood and beyond. Brittany is a co-facilitator for the Melanin Mom Collective, whose mission is to serve mothers in all stages of motherhood to identify and live out their version of motherhood their way. Brittany was born and raised in the Midwest, Milwaukee, Wisconsin to be exact, but loves to travel, favorite color is purple, and believes brunch is a food group. Absolutely it is. Brittany is also a single mom of one beautiful four-year-old girl. Love that. Okay, so that's a little bit about Brittany. Now we're going to jump into Althea. Althea McAlpine is a licensed professional counselor, originally from Detroit, Michigan. Shout out to Michigan. Now residing in Atlanta, Georgia for the last several years. She works full-time as a case manager for young adults facing transition issues after aging out of the foster care system. In addition, she is the owner of a telehealth private practice, Work Through Wellness and Consulting LLC where she provides support to millennial women facing significant life transitions, anxiety, and postpartum-related challenges. Althea earned her undergraduate degree in psychology from Alabama A&M University, master's degree in community counseling from, oh, I should see, I should have asked you this before I read it, Argosy University? Argosy. Mm-hmm. Love that. Move it on. <laughs> and master's degree in business analytics from Mercy University. With over 15 years of experience providing counseling, case management, and coaching services to children, adults, and families, Othea has worked in school settings, in homes, community agencies, private practice, and in corporate settings. Othea enjoys helping others while using strength-based approaches, cognitive behavioral therapy, and solution-focused treatment to best meet the needs and goals of her clients. She uses various forms of creative expression in her practice to help individuals explore their feelings and learn healthy coping skills. When not working, Othea enjoys spending time with her husband and her three boys, traveling, working out, organizing, and exploring DIY projects. Yes, I love those bios and the people here at our space know that even though I'm a very proficient reader, sometimes I just jump on the mic hot and then I'm like, oh, can't read. Anyway, ladies, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. Thanks, Diana. We are so excited to be here. Thank you. Good. Okay. So let me give y'all a little bit of how I found the Melanin Mom Collective. Um, Recently, I started an Instagram page for Change Our Outcomes, my platform. And because I am a master curator on social media, I get suggested things that are very relevant to what I'm trying to do. And just honestly, just being a Black woman. And I think I might have found, Brittany, I might have found your page first. And then that led me to the Melanin Mom Collective. But either way, 
one of the two was suggested to me. And I was like, that's really cool. I've always cared about maternal health just as a Black woman, but having a sister that now has a newborn, first mm-hmm. baby in our family in 29 years. Wow. So we are very, and wow. yeah, we are quite smitten with uh, Little Langston. I'll show y'all later. <laughs> but with that, my sister was a very, I feel like, typical first-time mom. Um, she was worried about maternal infant health. I feel like you hear those things so much, especially as Black women. And then once she got pregnant, she was like, you mean I'm three to four times more likely to die in childbirth because I'm Black? And I was like, Mm-hmm. Girl, unfortunately, I was like, not literally because of the color of your skin, but because yeah. of the things that may happen to you when you encounter physicians. So that was mm-hmm. kind of the thing that we had to jump through. We, she luckily had a great pregnancy, beautiful baby boy, smooth delivery. But I know that's not the case for everybody. So being able to talk to two moms, yeah. two mental health therapists, I was like, let's get into it. I love what you all have going on. And whichever one of you wants to answer first, maybe. But what is the Melanin Mom Collective for those listening? Brittany, I'll let you take this. Okay. Um, So the Melanin Mom Collective is a virtual village. It is an opportunity for moms to um, come together and it's a vibe. Like we offer a space, a safe space for moms who um, just need a place that they can feel supported. Um, It's really what both Othea and I felt like we didn't really have when we became moms. Um, And so a lot of the motivation behind the things that we do in the collective is because we felt like we needed a better space for us. Um, You often find that there is really nothing like it. Um, There are support groups out there, um, but something like this, it's very different. And so um, it's structured as a support group currently. And the, we come together once a week for four weeks, um, which that will be changing. But right now, um, we come together once a week for four weeks and we talk about topics that are relevant to motherhood. And we break down um, the issues and we talk about the things that society and culture tries to place on moms. And so we're just really passionate about Um, allowing a safe space for women to come and, you know, really decide how they want to show up as moms and not what people tell them or what society has told them or what their family is telling them about what motherhood, quote unquote, should look like. And so it's just really acknowledging that you can find joy in this. We don't have to suffer as parents. We don't have to suffer as moms. And we can really cultivate a space that is really just for us. I love that. And I do think that this is very unique. I think that's another thing that drew me to it because there's not a lot like this. Mm -hmm. And if they do, they're farther away. And they're like Mm -hmm. in-person things. So if you don't live in Dallas, Texas, you can't go. So yeah. Yeah. Or they're ran by people that don't look like you. You know? (laughs) Yes. So I, my sister first had my nephew, I like tried to Google because she's doing great. But for a second, she was like, I don't know. I need something. I need some support. So I'm Googling. And there was one group in particular I found. Can't think of the name. Wouldn't wouldn't call them out anyway. But I was like, this ain't even ran by Black women. But it was supposed to be mm-hmm. for them. And I was like, I mean, I love that. I love anyone who wants to hold space. But at the same time, I was like, this kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. A, a, a little lot. bit, a lot of bit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because yeah. I feel like everything else, black women are having a unique experience when it comes to motherhood yes. as well. And you need someone who can facilitate who not only you both are mothers, but black. So you know mm-hmm. what it's like. You both also have two different mother situations going on. So I feel like that probably adds a lot to the mm-hmm. to the group as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so that is the Melanin Mom Collective. Where Let's see. Not where so much of the idea come from, but how did you two come together? I know we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but for everybody listening. Yeah. So Brittany and I were both in um, a coaching program for our um, business, for our private practice. And so in this in this um, coaching program, we would do like breakout rooms and talk about like our ideal clients. And then we joined accountability groups and then the more and more that we shared about like our ideal clients, who we wanted to work with, what problems we were trying to solve, ideas, you know, values, beliefs that we had about our you know, population and just our individual experiences, we started to understand that we're more alike than not. Like we have a lot of the same values and beliefs and um, just like ideas about how to grow our business. And we both wanted to do like groups. And so we thought, hey, why don't we put our heads together and see what type of, um, you know, uh, resources that we can come up with, what type of experiences we can come up with for women that look like us, because we both had in common that we couldn't find that when we were on our own own journeys, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Love that. Brittany, anything you want to add? Yeah. Just that, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit, but, you know, Athea and I have not met in person it, yet. It and feels so, like it, though. It's so um, weird. <laughs> it does. Like, that's my sis. Like, we not, you know, she can't get rid of me and vice versa. And I'm actually moving down there. So in July, my plan is to move to Georgia. So, you know, that'll be our opportunity to connect for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to have somebody who is just so like-minded and similar um, in their goals and kind of where they want to go in terms of business, but then also just like what we really saw that where Black moms just were suffering and just Mm -hmm. not having, you know, a a safe space and an opportunity. And so just to be able to connect on that front and say, yeah, like this is something that, like this idea was birthed over a year Mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. So the, the the for it to come to fruition and for us to really see it come to life, it's just been it's like it's our baby. It's like another baby. I got I got a toddler. I got two. When, it, when you think yeah. about it, when you think yeah. about the Melanin Mom Collective has ended up becoming, um, and so and what it will become, and so it's just it feels like it's our baby. So you know we we uh mom tease maybe <laughs> to, this, to, to this thing. Okay, yes. I love that. I love the power of the internet and that you two have never met in real life. I feel like I got me a couple of internet friends as well. A lot of the women that actually every woman that I interview on this show, I do not know them in real life, and I I, uh, <laughs> I have yet to interview anyone that's like in Orlando or I used to live in Ohio. Um. Yeah, so it, it's amazing mm-hmm. what it can do to bring us together. And I'm glad y'all found each other. Absolutely. And for y'all who are yeah. watching on YouTube, um, if you just listen to the audio, they got on matching shirts. They didn't do it on purpose, <laughs> but they have on the same color. And I think that yeah. just speaks to how in sync they are. Um, we do, and dude, we, and we do it we all do the it. time. So we do our we do our Monday lives um, called Mommy Mondays. And sometimes we pop on there and we like... <laughs> Why don't we mention it again? Like, who told you to wear green today? I love it. So let's talk about, so I kind of touched on this a little bit, especially when I was reading your bios, that you both are 
having two different mothering experiences. Brittany, you're a single mom of one, and Athea, you are married and have three. Did I say three? Three. Mm-hmm. Yep, three, three boys. boys. Yeah. Um, and you, I think also there's an obvious difference. You have boys, you have a daughter. Can we talk a little bit about both of your, what it's like, what it's like being a mom from those perspectives? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I I can definitely start. So for me, um, one of the questions that I often get is just like, "How's mom life?" And I'm like, I, I mean, what 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 do you want me to say about that? Like, it's both rewarding and it's challenging, and it's loving and it's caring and it's saddening sometimes, right? It's and so, but one of the things that I said earlier is just like, you know, we can we can choose our own time. Like, moms don't have to suffer, and so. Um, in that, like for me, being a mom is one of the most beautiful experiences that I've ever had. It's the best thing that I've done with my life. Um, you know, but at the same time, I do honor all the other accomplishments that I've had before becoming a mom. Um, and just seeing the fact that I am responsible for this little person, for her to grow up and be a, um, a contributing citizen um, and for her to be so smart and caring and charismatic and funny, but she's also very, very kind and very loving. And I'm like, mm, they got to be a Pisces side because I'm a Leo and um, <laughs> we, we we differ on some of these things. She wants to give you a hug when she know you mad, and she, you know? Um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't, I don't see myself doing anything else right now. Um, you know, but at the same time, do I miss my pre-motherhood life? Yes, I do. Um, there is grief in motherhood, but there, but that's one of those things where it's just like, it comes with the territory. Um, and so, you know, while I very much enjoy motherhood and parts, there are parts of it that I don't enjoy. And I feel like there are, those are conversations that we don't talk about. We don't have enough of, um, and it, but at the same time, it's like, I'm here, I'm here for it. So that's my experience so far in a nutshell. I'm sure I'll have more to say. Okay. I'm going to hold on to some of the things you said that I want to come back to and I'm going to let it go. Please do. Um, how do I condense this um, question? Because it's such a, a a range of thoughts and emotions that come along with it. Like I am on my third motherhood journey and each each birth has birthed a new version of me. And so right now I'm in a thick of it. Like I said, my youngest is uh, four months and our oldest is eight years old. So I've been going through multiple versions of myself along this journey and just, you know, recognizing, um, you know, things I no longer like, I no longer love. Um, It's a a beautiful, chaotic journey, highs and lows. I often get friends that, you know, they'll check in on me. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And when I tell them, they're like, oh, you're busy. You need to slow down. Um, There are different seasons of motherhood. And right now, this season calls for me to be extremely, like, busy, um, giving a lot of myself, but also showing my boys, like it's important to prioritize self. Um, I'm being very intentional with my walk and how I show up because I want them to learn that. I want them to know that and respect that so that when, you know, they have spouses or significant others, like it's not foreign. It's not a foreign concept. Like we talk a lot about self-care as moms. 
And I explain those things that to them, right? Because I want them to understand that once you get a spouse or, um, you know, significant other, they may be time for themselves or for them also. Like I talk about self-care with my boys. A lot of boy moms don't, right? Like, I don't know why we teach that to little girls, but we don't teach that to little boys, right? So right now, my motherhood journey is um, a beautiful, chaotic journey is how I'm describing it. A lot of highs and lows, but, you know, I'm loving it. I, I think that I was put here to be a boy mom, to show them that, you know, you can be empathetic, you can be caring, you can have firm boundaries, um, you can love yourself, you can love, uh, like, that softer side. We don't see that a lot in our community anyway, right? Yeah. Like, you got to be rough around the edges, you got to be a man and all of that. I, I feel like God gave me boys for a reason, so... <laughs> And I love that reason that you just shared. Yeah, thank you. That is, because um, I feel like that is a very unique perspective. My sister was, not to bring up my sister every five seconds, she'll love that, but <laughs> she was very hell-bent on being a boy mom. She's like, I know I'm supposed to have a boy, da-da-da-da-da, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, but my sister is a very feminine, beautiful, fashionable mm-hmm. woman. So everybody's like, oh, you're going to have a girl. She's like, no, I'm having a boy. I'm a boy mom. And I feel like that is part of her her reasoning as well that she wants to raise a, a man who is all of those things that you mentioned, as opposed to what we got in the generation right now that's making the dating pool so trash. But it's got a lot in it. There's a biohazard. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah and yeah. with the goal, and I feel like that is, that is what you call like intentional parenting and like mm-hmm. doing it for a purpose. I like that. So one of the things I want to mm-hmm. that Brittany said was that there's grief in motherhood. And I feel like I got an idea of what I think you meant. But I definitely think that I, I want to hear what you what you meant. Yeah, yeah. So for me, um, I, I won't put my whole story out there about how I ended up pregnant. But let's <laughs> just say I was having a good summer. Okay. okay? Um, but for me, yeah. Part of part of um, how my daughter came about it was stemmed from grief. So I had lost my father. Um, the year before. And I had a lot of other grief, grieving experiences, losing other family members and things like that over the course of that year. Um, And so I was hellbent and determined to enjoy life. I was like, I'm tired of being sad. I'm tired of missing people. I'm tired of grieving. I'm enjoying life. So I was enjoying life. Now I wasn't out there being so hot, so, so hot. Okay, y'all. But I was enjoying life. And I really felt like I was reaching my peak. Like I was reaching a point in my life where it was like things were easy. Things felt smooth. Everything was being taken care of. I wasn't struggling for nothing. I was enjoying my career. I had, you know, a lot of autonomy over myself and the things that I was doing. And so that is what I think I want to say I miss. And those are some of the elements in terms of my grief and in, in, grieving in motherhood that I feel like you experience across time, right? And so I was excited to become a mom. I was looking forward to becoming a mom. That was actually something that I had wanted and had conversations with other friends. It was just like, when is it going to be my turn? I want to I wanna be married. I want to have a kid, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like it came and it came a little backwards for me, but it came and down the line, you know, I was recognizing that my friendships changed, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. relationships shifted, 
and I was grieving a lot of things that I didn't think that I that I that mattered, so to speak. You know, like I didn't think these things were going to be a big deal. But when your friends are going out to brunch without you, <laughs> when you aren't being invited to certain things or people aren't being considered the fact that you have a kid now and they're asking you at the last minute to do things like it's, it's just a lot of grief in that, I think, for me. And those were kind of the experiences that I had that, you know, which is why I feel like the collective offers that a different version of a village. Um, and so, and, and for me, that's another element, right? This, the, the village that we claim to provide mothers, especially in the United States, but it just really looks different in 2023. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so, you know, a lot of our moms are boomers. They still working. They not, you know, sitting at home, raising babies and grandbabies, like the moms back when I was a kid, when I was a baby, right? Like it doesn't look the same. And so, you know, grieving the village you wish you had and the people who claim to be, you know, that they were going to step up and that they are going to do X, Y and Z. And so, um, you know, having to readjust the expectations and things like that. So when I say grief and motherhood, those are the experiences that I I personally can speak to that. I feel like, you know, it's a missing element of the conversation that we don't talk about enough. And that's exactly what I want to talk about right now. I feel like that is something that comes, I feel like the tip of the iceberg with that conversation comes up a lot about moms and people being having friends that don't have kids and that shift that happens. And I feel like everyone talks about it. You hear the version from the as non-kid havers and we're like, no, we still love you. You're just always busy and you don't want to hang out anymore. And then the moms are like, yeah, because I have a kid. You could just come over. You could like, there's always... I don't think enough accountability is being taken. However, it's a very, every, at the end of the day, both sides are just sad. And I feel like that's the part that we should talk about more that like, so we both still want to hang out with each other. We just won't have a conversation on how we can. And I think that that would probably eliminate a lot. But I also do think that villages have changed. Even in my time on earth, I did have a grandmother who did not work. My other grandma was a real estate agent. She swore she was working, but she was taking me to work with her. So I don't know how much she was working, but <laughs> even, even still, I had grandparents that helped my mother tremendously. And now my mother helps my sister as much as she can, but she lives states away and she also still works. I feel like millennial moms are dealing with a Gen X parents and boomer parents who are still working, which I feel like is mm-hmm. a byproduct of capitalism. They got to work because rent is high, yeah. gas is high. Yes, everything is high. So I feel like that's part of it. I feel like on like I feel like there are levels to villages. So like family villages, I feel like they're changing because our parents are still working. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's also, like you said, like just a a shift. Villages look different. And I feel like probably for black women, it's even more so different how our villages look. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. What y'all think? Absolutely. Yeah. All of that. Like, I think the idea of, you know, what a village was when we were growing up is outdated, right? Because like, there aren't the neighbors that, mm-hmm. you can, you know, you get out of school, your parents are home, you go over to their house, right? Or like you said, you go stay with grandma, or go over to aunt's house for the weekend. Like that, you know, they're, they're either working because they have to, right? Like what we just talked about, or, you know, we have been through so much as a culture. We just tired. So we're like, we're, we're, we, we are in our rest. We are vacationing more. Like we are living our life. Um, like part of my village is my sister-in-law. She, um, she doesn't have any children. She's not married, but she's out here living her life. Right. So, you know, she's our go-to babysitter. 
But when she's not available, like we're kind of looking at each other, like, what are we going to do? Now we have to go to paid options, right? Um, so the, the idea of, of village and community has shifted. And I don't think that um, we have really caught up with, okay, now what? What does that look like for us now, right? Because we're not we're not going back to the the times where we can just go drop our babies off at grandma's house. Grandma out having a good time, or grandma's working, or grandma's traveling, um, or you know taking care of somebody else herself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say, like, I think it's the adjustment of the expectations too, and like the 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 lack of the conversations that are being had. And so, you know, Diana, you mentioned like. No, we still love you, but you're just busy all the time. And it's like, okay, but can you just come over mm-hmm. and like, can you just sit with me? And I think those are the things that, you know, it's like, well, we both don't want to come in the middle because we have expectations mm-hmm. and no one is actually, you know, communicating what that actually looks like. And so, you know, I know for me, I tended to give title or had expectations of people that they never really even earned it right and so you got these fake aunties these fake uncles out here you go tt this and tt that and ain't nobody doing nothing so it's just like oh i'll hang out with you you know if and when and then insert all of these things these requirements that have to be met in order for you to spend time and it's just like okay where's the consideration can you just come over you know the baby go to bed at eight o'clock so why don't you just come over after eight and bring dinner or bring wine and let's just watch movies and just chit chat on the couch. Do we always have to go yeah. out? Do we always yeah. have to do this? Do I always have to get a babysitter in order to be able to spend time with you, friend, or whatever that looks like? And so I think the adjustment of the expectations of what those people who claim to be a part of the village and not even, it, it ha- I feel like the village now has to be earned. Mm-hmm. And we have to stop just saying, I'm a part of your village. Mm, I got to see what that looks like first, yeah. right? Like we got to see what that looks like first before my child starts calling you anything. And by the time they get old enough to talk, I'm going to be referring to you to your name until you earn that, right? Yeah. Um, so it's just being mindful. The family village versus the community village and like your friends and the the, the macro, you know, you got the micro and then you got the macro. So you got the macro, the people, you know, that are, you know, arm's length away from you or whatever that looks like. And for me, I had to adjust. And my adjustment was acknowledging that sometimes my the village people that I have are, are paid help. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's paid support. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, getting very specific babysitters and childcare people that I'm like, if I'm in a bind, I know I can call you. If I really need something, I know I can call you. Even if I know I got to pay you, but it is what it is if I really want to do this. And so it's just understanding that there are just that's just sometimes how we have to make those adjustments that our villages may be virtual. You know, I would consider Othea part of my virtual village. We have our other accountability partner. Her name is Felicia. I will consider them a part of my virtual village. I can go to them and send a voice note and tell them, hey, I'm struggling today. And you got, you know, prayers and positive vibes and and stuff in your inbox quicker than, you know, somebody else who you haven't talked to in, in weeks or months or years, yeah. perhaps, you know, yeah. saying that they are a part of your village. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's kind of where, like, those are my thoughts about the shift in the way that we even see or define villages and communities. Yeah. 
And, and I let me add, can I add one thing? Absolutely. So this just came up too. I think the idea of the the you know black woman being synonymous with strong is also a part of that because mm-hmm. on both mm-hmm. ends, because you know, we're um not sharing as much, like sharing when we're not feeling well, like being honest and transparent about how we're feeling, right? Either because we don't have mm-hmm. that safe place to fall apart or we just feel like we gotta hold it together. And then on the other end mm. where, you know, people have come up to me and like, oh, you just do this so well. You holding it all together. You got all this going on. And I'm like, no, I'm a mess. So, you know, two, three years ago, I just started, I start decided to start sharing my, my mess. Like I share my stories, like my, it's like a mini vlog, right? So like, you know, here's what we're doing today. Some days are crazy, chaotic. These kids are crazy. I need a break. Like, cause people need to see that. Like there is no medal at the end of this race for being burnt out, for being stressed. And we need to be honest about that, how we're feeling. And as people on the other end, like check in, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yes, we are strong, but that doesn't mean that we don't need help or we don't need to be checked on. Yes, I agree 1000%. That's something that comes up pretty much with every guest that I have on here. In some way, we talk about the strong woman archetype, Black women holding that space, unfortunately, and how that leads to people thinking that you got it. You're doing great. Yeah. Like, sure, I'm doing great at society standard. Yes, I went to college. I'm hitting the marks. But emotionally, I'm in turmoil. I'm fighting for Mm -hmm. my life over here. And y'all aren't checking on me because I'm getting up every day and I'm going to work. Well, yeah, these bills need to be paid. Like, I got to go. And I feel like even from a black woman perspective, you don't even get, like I said, I got to go. I I guess technically I don't have, like, if you're having a mental health day, you need a mental health day, but we so often put that off and we're like, no, I got to go because we are holding it together for everybody, unfortunately. And it, and I'm sure in motherhood, it's amplified times a million and it makes it even harder when people aren't checking on you. Cause I feel like somebody doesn't check on me. They just, it's me. But if you're working from a space of not getting checked on as a mother, you're not, you're also not checking on my child. And that could, could be a problem. You better too. say it. Yeah, that you better say that, that could be something. And I'm as a person, yeah. being a millennial, I come from the, you know, we are black, the generation of everybody is auntie this or uncle that. And I as mm-hmm. a woman, I have now been talking to my own mother about how a lot of the people that we were holding in high regard, mom, they weren't there for you. And because I am so protective mm-hmm. of my mother's time and her reclaiming her time as a mid-50s woman enjoying herself. Um I just, hey, that girl ain't your friend for real because I don't remember her being at none of my stuff or your friends that you invited to my graduation parties. They wasn't there. And it's not about the gifts. It's the fact that you were supposed to be there for my mother and in turn be there for me. And I feel like kids notice that stuff. And I feel like you do, if the child is allowed, the space is held, that they will tell you, no, that's not uncle nobody because I don't even know him for real. real." (laughs) But I feel like we grew up in a time where like we couldn't say that. Like, no, actually, I don't really like that dude for real or what have you. Mm -hmm. But I I yep. think you you are miss this you are mr mm-hmm. that until and that's one of the things that i've committed to in terms of my daughter and and her journey is like if she wants to call somebody something she can when she's old enough mm-hmm. when she wants to define that she doesn't have godparents mm-hmm. and i'm okay mm-hmm. with that right now because if something happened to me i know where my child can go mm-hmm. But for the most part, until she wants to claim that for herself, then that's where she where where it's gonna yeah. be. You know, yeah. when I became a mom, one of the things that someone said to me, and I, it sticks out in my brains, and it it's almost burned in there, was like, "You entered motherhood so gracefully." 
how the hell else am I supposed to do it? I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I had no choice, you know. And I'm a, and I'm a single mom, and it's just, this is hard AF. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what else, what nothing else about my upbringing taught me to just lay down and take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to do Got something, to. you know. But it doesn't mean that it's easy, and it doesn't mean that me doing this by myself is ideal either. I need people. And I don't know how many times I got to tell people I need people. And when I tell you I need you and you're not there, guess what? Don't You ain't got to worry about me asking to need you again. No, for real. <laughs> I, just, I just said this to somebody yesterday. I did another interview yesterday. And I was telling her how I connected with her. I emailed her, kind of let it sit. She didn't reply. And I finally reached out again. But I was telling her, I was like, that's not in me naturally. I'm not going to ask twice. And I feel like when it's something as important as my welfare with me and my child, child, I don't have, but y'all know, <laughs> that I'm not asking you twice to show up for us. Like, I got too much on my plate mm-hmm. already to keep asking, hey, can you help me? Hey, will you be a friend to me? Y'all don't got time for that. Y'all got jobs. Y'all got kids. It's And it shouldn't take all that. It shouldn't take all that to to have people be there for you. So do either, one, do either yeah. of you live by, like, a lot of family or family at all? My my closest family is in Wisconsin. Okay. So my mom is and my brother still and um, her partner, they still reside in Milwaukee. So that's close enough yeah. for me. I have a great aunt here in Illinois, but um, we're not as close. But my, my mom is still in Milwaukee. So two hours yeah, is yeah. close enough. So you have to define close. <laughs> you know what I mean? Physically, yeah. emotionally. Um, so we have, um, my husband's sister is here in Atlanta and she's been very involved in, you know, since day one. Right. Um, I have a brother who now lives here. He just moved here not too long ago and a sister who lives here. We are not as close, well, location wise and just relationship wise as we have been. And that was, you know, something, another part of the grief because you have an idea of, you know, once I have, I'm the youngest of my siblings, you know, once it's my turn, everybody's going to show up. Everybody's going to be there. Oh, we're, like I said, we're from Michigan, but we, we all ended up in Atlanta. That means y'all going to be there for me. And mm-hmm. that didn't match reality. So that's another part of grief. Um, so, you know, I have siblings here, um, but you know, I don't see them that often. We're, we're trying, we're trying to build those relationships now. That's good. And yeah, it's funny that you say like define it because I really did just mean geographically. And part of that is because in my mind, again, assumptions about expectations, because I live so far from my family, I imagine that if I lived by my mother, my mom's in Ohio, I'm here in Florida. My sister is currently in Chicago, but her and my brother-in-law moved to Texas. So we're spread out. Mm-hmm. But because of the relationship that we had, I know if I lived close, it would be different once I have a kid. But I get like, you're right. I just because y'all close geographically does not mean that mm-hmm. that's a thing. And that also is unfortunate, but I guess, do you, no, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's not important. I was going to say, do you think having kids affected it? But these are your siblings. So you probably, there are probably other things and that ain't my business. So <laughs> <laughs> something else. Um, okay. So let's talk about, so I know we mentioned that the Melanin Mom Collective is kind of operated as a support group. Now, I personally think that it's filling in a space that is needed, but what really is it like as far as like when y'all meet once a week, what services offered, or is it just a talking space? Let's kind of get into that. Yeah. Um, well, so, you know, like I said, it's a vibe. So we come in, we're playing, 
you know, Jill Scott, we got a whole playlist of the Melanin Mom Collective Vibe playlist, which is what we started. Um, and it's an actual mixed list of things based off of the women in the group. Like what you listening to right now? What is hitting your spirit? Um, we have, you know, Christian Trap on there. We have some old school soul on there. We have some newer stuff. We got some Janelle Monae. We got a little bit of everybody. So when you're coming into the group, we're playing this music. We're kind of setting the tone for what our what the, the night is going to be like. That next hour, 15 minutes, we're encouraging you to take that space and that time for yourself. But we understand there might be kids present. You might have to breastfeed. You might got to eat lunch or dinner or whatever you got to do. That's fine. Um, it is an open and available space. Um, we do have a structure. So when women come into the group, you know, we are sharing the, our, our wins for the week. We're sharing our woes for the week. Our woes are the, the not so great things that have happened. Um, we are following up on our any reflection activities that we have from the week before. Um, so we are, you know, everybody gets a workbook that they are able to kind of use to reflect through their experience and the things that we talk about and take notes and things like that. And so we're asking them, you know, did you do the assignment or the homework <laughs> that was provided, um, you know, or the reflection activity? Um, did you have any um, aha moments from the previous week? Anything stuck out to you that you feel like really, you know, is going is shifting your perspective and how you want to show up and things like that? And then we have whatever our topic is. And so um, last week's topic was identity um, and just just really exploring your identity and motherhood and how you want to show up. Um, and it's not just who I was before I became a mom, because we also note that some of our moms um, became moms early. They became moms at 19, 20 years old. And so they're like, I didn't know who I was before I was a mom. My mom being a mom is my identity. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it's breaking down those scripts and those narratives around what being a mother means and how we can show up as women first and then mothers. Um, and so that was kind of one of the things that we really focus, like identity is one of the things that we really do focus on. Um, and so we, we get into the topic and it's kind of workshop style where we either are giving them something to do in group or, you know, we're just having that open dialogue back and forth and kind of throwing questions out there and just kind of getting people's experiences. Um, and so that kind of sets the that is kind of how the, the group is structured. Um, and then we wrap up and then we have our telegram community, which is the other element um, that maintains that community okay. um, and maintains those conversations in between the time that we, we, we meet. So it's not just I'll see you on Monday and I'll see you again next Monday. It's like I'll see you on Monday, but then we're going to keep going with this topic in telegram. We're going to share the things that we're going through throughout the week. I know when my daughter's birthday, I was like, y'all, I'm over here struggling. I did a DIY activity. I decided to do a, a, a balloon arch. And so I was sharing my experience with doing this balloon arch with the women because I'm just like, look, we can do it if we really want to, you know. Um, but just to have people cheering you on and being like, you got this, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a different. Um, it's a different. OK. Now, Athea, did I miss anything? Because I know I said a lot, but. And that is that was our intention. So whenever we meet in our group, it's kind of cool to like see it play out because that's what we were going for, like an experience, like show up as yourself, like take off the cape, take off the super mama cape, hang it up, come in this group, 
fall apart if you need to and build yourself back up. Like that's what this group is all about. Okay. Yes. I love that. And I love that you talked so much about identity. I feel like that's a thing that comes up quite often. Mm-hmm. I, I do have friends that have kids and they became mothers early. And I feel like that is something that, yeah, when you, your brain wasn't even fully developed. So like what you don't know who you were probably. And like, yeah. I feel like that is something hard that again, nobody really talks about, or I feel like we, we brush over a lot of these topics on social media. I feel like people are always like, Oh, check on the moms or girl moms. They're all like, I feel like people, bring it up but then they don't ever dive deep or they don't ever actually ask the mother that mm-hmm. they know like these quite i don't know mm-hmm. i definitely think that moms are sometimes getting the raw end of the stick that's for sure um mm-hmm. yeah. so correct me if i'm wrong but it's a four-week cohort style thing right Type group. okay mm-hmm. so when you mention the telegram the people who when the cohort is done do they stay in the telegram group or is are those people just done and we move on after the four weeks so as of right now, because we are in the midst of restructuring, so we can mm-hmm. offer even more support as of right now, if they want to continue on to another cohort, then they remain in the group. If not, then, you know, they just stay a part of our community, but just not supported in the Telegram group. Okay. 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 I love that. Um, and because this is virtual, are people able to join from all over? Obviously, you two aren't even in the same place, but <laughs> is it is it a geographical thing or is it really just Black moms all over America? Black. Black moms all over oh, the love okay. So you can be anywhere um, and join this group. And we want, um, we love that because I got a passport and so does my child. <laughs> so whenever an opportunity opens to meet another mom in another country, I'm there, we're there. Um, so we would love that. We would love to have women all over the world be a part of it. I if you remember, Brittany, when we first, um, before we launched, remember I had that mom that was reaching out from the UK that was looking for a yeah. black therapist because she couldn't find yeah. one. And I referred her to our group. She didn't, you know, she didn't follow through with that. But that just goes to show that there are people abroad that are looking for that community, looking for that connection. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting because I feel like me, an American, very critical of America sometimes, I find that we're so individualistic. So in my mind, I would imagine that like in other countries and other cultures, they're like, no, they got villages over there, but like they don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is very, mm-hmm. again, troubling, yeah. unfortunate. And at, in, in actuality, a lot of we, we in the United States, we need to find um, and kind of model after some of these other countries and Absolutely. cultures because, you know, the way that we treat moms, you know, it's just, it's, it's not good. I mean, the, the U.S. is the worst place to have a child, um, but to know that in places like, you know, Asia or India and just knowing some of their rituals and things that they do, you know, forcing a mom to be at, in, in the bed or at home for the first 40 days, like you can't even leave home. You got all these people yeah. coming in to support you because you just had a baby. Like what? Mind blowing, yeah. you know, and it's like, to us, it's like, well, duh, that makes sense. But to everybody else, it's just like, no, pack it up. In less than 40 days, yeah. you're going back no, to work. Exactly, yeah. what so, exactly. It's like 40 days? No, you going back to work. What you mean you ain't seen outside in 40 days? Like, that ain't how this goes, you know? So, I feel like between, mm-hmm. obviously, our abysmal <clears throat> maternal morbidity and mortality rates, the fact that we do have such poor um, maternity leave is wild. <laughs> like, you really are sometimes if you work in a service-based industry sometimes you don't even get the luxury of like the potential for your was it like 60 percent of disability or whatever Mm -hmm. short-term disability some people don't even get that i worked with a girl i used to work at olive garden 
back in the day. And I worked with a girl who she was on the floor. I kid you not until like the day before she gave birth. And then my good sis came right back. And it, part of me, I was like, oh, you wild. But then knowing what I know now as an older woman, I was a young woman then, um, she, we didn't have maternity leave. We didn't have no benefits. <laughs> and like, in my mind, that's just like standard maternity leave. Yeah. No, if you don't have benefits or like currently I work for a nonprofit, I technically don't have health benefits. If I get pregnant right now, my man's just going to have to hold it down because I'm not getting anything. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to be out, which is crazy that it's even allowed. Mm-hmm. No, that's not no shade to my boss, but in general, like why is that's that? That's okay? the standard. Yeah. Across the board. Like that's yeah. just what it is. And then we'll be the first ones to shame a mom. If she's dragging her kids along, like doing DoorDash or, you know, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Speaking so, of DoorDash specifically, did you happen to, this happened in not my hometown, but in Ohio, a lady had mm-hmm. twins. That's yes, why I mentioned and, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that was a, that was such a perfect time to have a conversation like this, but instead we were ridiculing her and why would you do that? And, yeah. and it was just so crazy because it was so polarizing. And so like, well, this, this part of the problem right here, instead of seeing the issue and the fact that she got newborns and is out having to work, y'all shaming her for essentially working and someone working. else doing a crime against her. They stole her children and her vehicle. Like y'all don't see a problem with that. Y'all don't see that the whole issue here is that she felt that she needed money that badly. Like, I don't know. America is the problem. Is. America is the problem. It absolutely is. Capitalism yeah. is killing us, literally and metaphorically. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something. Mm-hmm. Every, again, every episode. I'm going to bring up capitalism because it is really crazy. It's gross, <laughs> the things that people do for money or the positions that it puts people in mm-hmm. to have to make decisions. The decisions that you have to make sometimes, especially probably as a mother. But capitalism and... And white Can we talk about that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. At the root of everything. And my sister comes on jokes and was like, You're gonna bring you always gonna bring it back to systemic racism. Because I it is. Like Because no matter what it is, that's what it is. Right. It's and it's not an accident for so much of this stuff. So Mm -hmm. no. And I think for mothers in particular, I feel like it's probably even harder dealing with capitalism as far as the decisions that you now have to make about if you're not in a good financial situation, the decisions that you have to make Mm -hmm. because you always want what's best for your child. I feel like I saw that firsthand. And it's also interesting, a point I'm about to bring this up right now, that we we have to praise women for sacrificing so much because women ultimately do have to make some of the craziest sacrifices instead of like supporting them. That like, I, Mm I love and honor my mother because she did everything she possibly could rob Peter to pay Paul, as she say. But like, Mm-hmm. That shouldn't even be part of her resume. Like that should have never had to be a thing. And I think sometimes people don't think about that as well. They're like, y'all making moms choose between lights and food or yeah. what what happened. Yeah. yeah. And it's Yep. Yep. Do I pay rent or this bill or that bill or you know what I mean? Do what type of school do I put my mm-hmm. kid in? Can I afford to put them in a better school by, by paying for tuition or do I have to go do the free school? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, this is you know, so it, it all roots back mm-hmm. to that. Like you know, and, and I know for me as a single mom, that has been one of my greatest challenges in terms of, you know, just trying to figure out it, it's a this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also not wanting to um, subscribe to what America says in, in terms of about single moms mm-hmm. and, you know, saying 
for example, that, you know, oh, you a single mama. Like, why your, your kid got a passport? Don't you got other stuff to be worried about? You know what I mean? Like, that type of stuff. Like, it just feels, it feels weird. It feels foreign to say, like, yeah, I'm prepared to travel outside of the country with my child. And they're looking at me like, well, why? What, 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 don't you got to work? You know, like, type of thing. And it's like, well, yeah, I do have to work. But, you know, um, and if we can bring up, just very briefly, the recent school shooting situation, and then, you know, putting us back into a state of fear and, you know, reconsidering what it looks like to possibly homeschool. Mm -hmm. But then when you have moms like me, you know, so it's like, why I shouldn't have to make a decision between my child's health and welfare and safety Mm -hmm. and her education. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't be that hard. But as a single parent, I don't, how am I going to homeschool? When part of my job is to talk to people all day, I have no, I don't have a job where I, I, you know, I'm not front facing and I have to do this. So it's difficult for me to make those types of decisions and to reconsider things like, do you homeschool your kid? Because she's, she's in a Christian school right now. Now, I'm not saying every somebody, somebody's coming after every Christian school, but it's just to acknowledge that's like this stuff, doesn't, this stuff doesn't miss mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. No, but that's that's so real. And um, like I've been very open about so we have a four year old who's been home the whole time. And that wasn't the plan. He was supposed to go to daycare like at the height of the pandemic. But, you know, that happened. Right. So um, and then after that, I'm like, well, it just costs too much for him to go and get sick. Like, I'm not about to do that. So he's just been home. And if you can't hear him, he's been knocking at the door several times throughout this because he hasn't been to school. Right. But he's going in in August. He got accepted into a pre-K program. But then when this thing happened and I'm like, well, how can I figure this out? Both my husband and I work from home. And even though it's two of us, work still has to be done. Like you can't like, you know what I mean? So it's like these decisions that we have to make. We we talk about in our um, group, the invisible load of motherhood, like. Um, yeah, not the day to day things like what are we going to eat for dinner or do I need to make that doctor's appointments? But uh, how can I keep my kids safe at school? Like, you know, like all of these other things that are playing in the back of our mind, it's exhausting. So think about doing that without a community, without a safe place to put that down somewhere and say, y'all, this week is happy. Every single day I woke up with those kids on my mind. I have an eight year old like I'm sending another one mm-hmm. off to school. Where do you go if you don't have a community to talk about that? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And it is crazy because like you said, Brittany, it it don't miss nobody. There's there has been no commonality really with these schools no. other than the tragedy that takes place there. And it it really can happen anywhere. And I can't imagine being a parent. Living in Florida and the legislation that we got on going on right now no. with all this yeah. Ooh, girl, don't get me started. I, my oven is empty, but the thought of a bun, I'm like, I can't raise no child down here. Yeah. Y'all, y'all are wildly mm. racist. I can't do it. But then, like, again, mm-hmm. those are the things that as a parent you got to think about. Because, like, do we want to? We just got here. We moved down here for work. But like, as as our relationship and this whole the thing progresses, like, if I have a child, I don't, I don't know if I want to be here mm-hmm. because it's so yeah. scary. Like, between shootings and then this, yeah, this wild rampant racism. It's it's a lot to deal with. And I feel like that is, like you mentioned, the the the, the invisible load. And I feel like for it's often mothers who carry it. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like it should be like an across mm-hmm. the board parent thing. And not that obviously dads care about their children. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, look, they be accusing me and I like the black <laughs> So I don't want to say that. But dads just don't traditionally have to think about things other than providing for the family. 
monetarily. Mm-hmm. Mothers have to think about providing yeah. emotionally, spiritually, food, literally every everything else. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can't I can't imagine. It's like the me it's like the memes where they say like involved dad versus like working mom. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you're just dad if you're going to work. Yeah. But you're a working mom if you're right. mom going to work type of thing. Yes, I had a boss. So yeah. Yeah. I had a boss that he married to his wife. They got two boys. And when I first met him, I was like, you go. And he was like, I'm literally just being a parent. Like, he really wanted me to, like, demystify the fact that he was doing something great. He was like, those mm-hmm. literally are my kids. Like, I'm taking care of them right. because I literally helped make them. And we have another friend, her husband. We love him. He's the best. And she often tells people, like, hey. I love him, but relax. He's literally just doing the job that he helped create. Mm-hmm. He's his kids too. Mm-hmm. But it's so unfortunate, again, that you got to remind people, hey, don't praise this fish for swimming too much. No, relax. But again, and then mothers don't get that same and praise. And to the also, other fish, you're not mm-hmm. swimming enough. <laughs> exactly, because she also has yeah, okay. a high-powered job. Got the same two kids mm-hmm. on boards of things. Right. Ain't nobody going around patting her on the back. Mm-hmm. And, and right. yeah, it's, it's unfair. Again, mm-hmm. mothers are not out here being taken care of the way that they should. It's yeah. Which is why I'm glad yeah. that y'all are here and trying to make a difference. And is the current cohort still going on right now? Or is it over? And then there's a new one. Yeah. So we are in our second group right now. Um, so we meet uh, this coming Monday. And then because of the holiday, we decided to meet um, for our last group on the on the 17th. Okay. Um, and then during that time, we'll still offer and provide uh, the support that we always have been. And then um, our next group or next cohorts, we are planning to launch the probably closer to the end of May, early June, um, as we are kind of working through some changes. And then um, we'll take the summer. So we'll take the summer off. Um, We'll definitely still provide some other things. Um, We're coming up with what those other things are going to be at this moment in time. Um, But by the time we launch the next group, we will know exactly what those will be. And then um, we will pick back up in the fall, um, you know, right when we are getting ready to go back to school. So there's all kinds of support that we can definitely provide as women, uh, as our moms are preparing for that back to school rush. Okay, perfect. So if someone wants to keep up with that info, Instagram probably the best way to, to stay abreast on what's going on and potentially join in the next cohort. Yep. Um, so I would definitely say, you know, follow us at underscore Melanin Mom Co. Um, so we will definitely post all information there. We do have a guide of FAQs. Um, we do have a link tree. So anything that is up and coming will be um, on the link tree there as well. Okay, perfect. I am going to post all of their information in the show notes. And when I get to the end, I'll read all of it. So I'll, y'all definitely will have all of their information um, to keep up with them. So that being said, I am technically out of questions. So, and we are coming up on about 50 minutes. So um, I want to open up the floor to either one of you to add anything, either last thoughts on motherhood, being black, being a black mother, Melanie Monco, whatever. And then I'll wrap it up. Oh, last thoughts. I mean, this journey is already one that's going to be complex. No one can comp- um, prepare you for you know, the twists, the turns, the highs and lows, like the only thing that you can prepare for is to have a baby shower. You don't know how your birth is going to go. You don't know what bringing home that baby is going to look like. And then, you know, two, three years down the line, like no one knows how to prepare for that. And again, 
on my third journey, each experience has been uniquely different. Like there are things that I took from the last to prepare, but it's still a struggle. Um, So, you know, I'm just thankful that I even have a community and people that I can go to to like fall apart, be vulnerable, be transparent, because that's where transformation comes. And at the end of the day, like I want to be the best version of myself so that I'm giving my best to my family, you know, not what's left over, you know, so um you know, really, really consider connecting with the community. It is transformational. It is powerful. Um, and I just can't, like, we are in this as facilitators, but we are walking alongside these women. <laughs> so we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I second all of what Othea has shared. And um, I did want to share, you know, that we are experiencing great success amongst the women in the group. And so people are walking away with um, a lot of, you know, transformational changes to their lives. Um, You know, one of the women came in feeling anxious and overwhelmed and feeling like she was lacking identity outside of motherhood. Um, And she came back for a second round of the group because she felt so connected to the women and the conversations we were having. Um, she also felt like that she can identify yeah, now okay. that she's more than a mom so I'm not and she that. does not <laughs> define herself yeah, or doesn't need okay. to stop Sometimes there. Like, it's like, I'm only a mom. Yeah. Like, uh, she's back. Okay. Yeah, can you hear me? Right mm-hmm. Am I yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know where it left off. But um, so I'm just acknowledging that, you know, we are seeing success amongst the women in the group. And um, one of the women came in feeling anxious and overwhelmed and feel like she was lacking her identity and motherhood. And so she decided to come back for a second round of the group. Um, but she's acknowledging that she doesn't have to cut off altogether. And it's crazy because I'm glad I really wanted to touch back on like the success. The successes. Well, yeah. I think, Hopefully she'll join back, but I I can speak to collectively, like we've seen, we've seen women talk about a decrease in anxiety, um, feeling more empowered and emboldened to like, okay, you back. Okay. I'm back. I don't know what's (laughs) happening and what's going on, but were you sharing your successes? I'll let you finish. I was just saying that, um, you know, we've, we've had women talk about experiencing less anxiety, um, feeling more empowered and emboldened to like, um, talk about their boundaries with their family, um, talk about what their needs are and how those needs have shifted now that they, you know, have entered into a space of motherhood. Um, we've had women like collectively like post like, Hey, I'm going to take care of myself and this is how I'm doing it. And then two or three other ones go and do it. And you know, just to have that. And again, we're all in different places. So to have that, um, you know, it just, feels really good but yeah we've had we've had some successes we've had people come back for um another round with the group because they're getting so much um value out of it and just having that community and connection that they um again not saying that they don't have it with their friends but you know this is it's just different like there are things that you can that you're going through that you can mention and you don't have to even give the full details because the mom on the other side of the screen or the phone just gets it right um, so yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to add, Brittany, but that's just what came to the top of mind. 
No, that was it. You know, women finding themselves, they're being, they're being um, able to have an identity outside of motherhood mm. and just saying, like, yeah. it doesn't have to stop there. I don't have to define myself as a mom or a mom only. And to be able to then be intentional about going out and finding things that they mm-hmm. enjoy and doing things that they like. Um, and just being more specific around letting their families, their partners know like, hey, this is how I'm going to show up now. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to set these boundaries now. I can take care of me and baby. And that's part of what it looks like mm-hmm. for, for me to do that is to set boundaries with you. Right. And so, you know, just again, getting getting bold, feeling empowered. Um, and that's what we you know hope for. And that's what we look um, look for them to get out of this experience. Wonderful. I love that. And hopefully someone listening, um, I don't know if I got any expecting moms listening, but whoever listening, if you do or feel like you're in need of something like this, definitely follow them on Instagram. Like I said, I'm going to bring it up in just a second, but um, definitely follow them. Join this community. Are spots limited? How many do y'all take at a time? So we haven't had a quote unquote limit. Um, we have been anywhere between six, around six to seven women at a time, which is wonderful for us to manage. Um, and so we're looking to probably definitely increase that. We want to increase that um, because this thing is growing and it's going to keep growing. Um, it's just a matter of how do we want to serve and how can we best show up? And so um, spots are limited um, per group, and I think we're going to talk about it, but it's okay. probably safe to say we may keep it around 10 per okay. group um, just to continue to keep the integrity of the group, but then also that level of intimacy that we want to maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, definitely open to considering, you know, are we going to run multiple groups at one time so that we don't have to limit ourselves in terms of being able to provide that support? Because at the end of the day, I know Athena and I both are just passionate about serving this niche, serving about serving women, serving in in this this fashion. Um, And so, you know, however we can figure that out, we are going to do that. Okay, good. So those are all the details. Y'all know all the things. And I think I'm going to close it out now. I think we had a great conversation and I appreciate y'all so much for coming because again, I do be randomly emailing people. So (laughs) y'all didn't know me from a can of paint and you said, yeah, we'd love to. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Thank you for having us on here. And we love what you are doing and just uplifting and amplifying the voices of women. So thank you so much this as well no problem because that really is the goal i always i want to shine a light on services that we have on things that are available to us talk about things that aren't available to us and that's really like i said the goal like you said (laughs) um to amplify what's going on because so many times especially with like more high level services like on a national level so often people don't even know they exist Mm -hmm. so they don't get to utilize them so then when you get down to more niche things or things that are for us people don't know about them and it's and it's unfortunate because there are women on the ground every day doing the work like y'all. So yeah, I definitely want to highlight this. So I'm going to close us out. If you like what you heard and would like to hear more from me and other Black women professionals like Mafia and Brittany in the future, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, turn on your notifications, and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible. And y'all know what I'm about to say. If it's not five-star energy, please email me first and let's talk about it. And then we can get back up there. And of course, share the show with the Black women you love. You can keep up with me and the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Change Our Outcomes. And if you want to send me an email, talk about my five-star energy or anything else, you can send me an email at changeouroutcomes at gmail.com. 
If you'd like to keep up with Brittany and Althea, you can find Brittany on, so this is the email for her business. It's hello at be intentional wellness, but it's just B, like B for Brittany, not B E. So be intentional wellness.com. Um, the Melanin Mom Co. Instagram is underscore Melanin Mom Co. <laughs> All together on Instagram. And then Brittany is on Instagram as B, again, just the letter B, dot intentional wellness, again, on Instagram. And then Othea, her business email is hello at workthroughwellness.com. And then she also has a, web- a website, www.workthroughwellness.com. And then on Instagram, work through wellness underscore consulting. And all of that will be in the show description. I know I just said so many words and so many spellings. So it'll be all typed out, all written out. Um, They will also be on my Instagram. You know, when the episode comes out, just follow the link, go ahead over there, give them a follow, support what they're doing. Even if you're not a mom, support the thought even that they're trying to help moms. Cause I know, you know, a mom, so go support. And as always, thank y'all for the support of me and this podcast and what I'm trying to do. And if no one has told you, Black girl, you are resilient. Black girl, you will find your village. And Black girl, you are loved. Thank you for listening.